1: from someone who doesn't know me is the prayer of salvation. But here's the great thing. That's how you know God, just through a prayer. The Bible says if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, believing in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you can be saved. I don't understand that. That seems amazing.
2: Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multigenerational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit MissionHill.org. That's MissionHill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis.
1: That was the miracle of that moment. But it was so crazy, everybody didn't understand that because you only understood your language. So you begin to think, uh, these guys have been in the wine a little too much. And that's literally what it says. People thought they were drunk. And so Peter says, no, 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 I'm not drunk. I'm full of God's spirit. And because of being full of God's spirit, I now have the power. Remember, I've got the power. I've got the power to be his witness. And so he became a witness for Jesus. And if you read the rest of Acts chapter two, all he does is tell the story of Jesus what it means to be a witness right you don't have to have a degree in bible or a theology degree you just got to know what jesus did just start with what he did for you and at the end of acts chapter 2 peter stopped preaching and this is crazy all those people gathered from all around the world you know what they did by the thousands they said i want some of that and they turned to Jesus. And you know who was born that day? The church. And when you begin to read the book of Acts, you see that as the church kept being witnesses for Jesus, people were added to the church. And then the church multiplied and the kingdom of God grew. But that shouldn't be a surprise to us because we've already learned if we humble ourselves and in unity come together in what? Prayer. If we do that biblically, Then God's kingdom's gonna grow. And that's what happened. I read that and I am sick. I'm sick after 52 years of not seeing that in my life. I want that. I wanna be a part of that kind of church when God's people unite together, when they come together in prayer and see amazing things that begin to happen. I want to see God work in ways I can't explain or understand. I want an Acts 2 kind of experience. I want the things that Jesus himself said come only through prayer. I don't want to just be a Christian who prays I learned to do that as a child. Some of you learned to do that as a child. You could say God is great. God is good. Let us thank him for the food. You could say now I lay me down to sleep. You you may have prayed that prayer like I did the Lord's prayer, even at a baseball game. I I don't want to be as a child. Like the apostle Paul says, I once was a child, but now I'm not a child. I want to pray like it makes a difference. See, here's what I know. Prayer changes things. Andrew Murray said, who can say what power a church could develop and exercise if it gave itself to the work of prayer day and night for the coming of the kingdom, for God's power on his servants, his word, for the glorifying of God and the salvation of souls. Warren Wearsby, a great pastor and theologian who died just recently, he said, prayer is the thermostat and the thermometer for the church. The spiritual temperature of the church goes up and down based on the prayer of the people. I would ask you, those of you that are part of our church, what has God done in our church that can only be attributed to the prayers of his people? Years ago, Charles Haddon Spurgeon was preaching to more people than anyone else in the world. He pastored the Metropolitan Tabernacle in London, England. People would come to visit and just see the work of God that was taking place there. Today, preachers like me still quote Spurgeon. We still look to him to learn and grow in our faith. One day after the service, he was giving a tour of that great cathedral. And at the end of touring that public place of worship, he said, now, would you like to see the heating apparatus? If you've ever been to London, you know it can get cold there because it's cold and rainy. And so they said, sure. And they expected to go into a dusty dungeon and see a furnace. But as he took them down into the basement, they found 400 men and women praying on their knees and he said anything that God has done in and through this church and in and through this ministry is because of the prayers of his people I want that I want that kind of experience in my life in Acts chapter 1 you've got 120 folks And they understood that if they were going to do what Jesus commanded them to do, it had to begin in prayer. So first they made the decision that our prayer is going to be unending. Prayer is not something you do to transition between songs and a worship service. It's not something you do in your life just when you kneel down at bedtime or when you pray, if you do, over a meal. No, they said prayer was going to be unending. They were devoted to prayer. That's why the Apostle Paul would go on to say, pray without ceasing. What does he mean to walk through life just with your lips moving all the time and if people think you're crazy? Well, sometimes that's not a bad thing. Pastor Zach will walk around our campus pretending to talk on his phone just so people don't think he's crazy. No, he's saying keep an attitude of prayer so that if something pops into your mind, if the Holy Spirit of God impresses something on you, you don't have to start all over. But you can just have this attitude of prayer in your life. So they were devoted. They had unending prayer, and they were united. They had united prayer. You know, I learned as a young man, marriage could sometimes be challenging. Kimberly and I had days where we didn't always agree, but we had some rules. One of the rules is we wouldn't leave the house mad at each other. We just wouldn't do it. Sometimes that would make us late for wherever we were going because we had to resolve what we had to deal with. But one of the things that I confess have not been consistent enough, but that I recognize as a young man, if the last thing I did for my wife is to pray for her before she went to sleep, there's no way I could, I could pray for her and thank God for her and, and minister to her in that way and go to bed mad at her. Because when we unite in prayer, it changes us. And they united in prayer. And as a result of that prayer, God began to move and God began to work in a mighty way. It's a big deal because prayer moves the hand of God and it's the hand of God that holds this world in existence. Prayer changes things because prayer changes us and it's changed people that change the world. When you become a praying person, it makes a difference in you. So I would ask you, what's God up to in your little corner of the world that can only be attributed to prayer? What difference has been made around you because of prayer? I'm so tired of hearing people that say they follow the one who raised himself from the dead, but they get in situations and they say, well, I guess all we can do now is pray. Why do you wait to that point? Yeah, pray then, pray in the crisis, but pray in the blessed moments. When can you look back and say, God has answered prayer? This was a tough year for my family as it's been for so many of your families. And we came to a point in the summer where we were just evaluating how we were going to care for my sweet mom. We, My brother and I both lived in different cities from her and we made the decision that she was moving here and man... I begin to pray and just say, God, I can't imagine her heart. I can't imagine what she's feeling. She's lived in the same area, really most of it, all her life. Yet she's moving to Florida. And just, God, would you make this transition work? Would Would you give her friends? Would you just give her a sense of peace? And I'm just telling you, my mom which is why I'm crying, who is in this service right now, is an answer to those prayers. I can point and say, God answered my prayers. But it doesn't stop there. Man, I'm so blessed. This church is so generous to me. But the truth is, we've got like 472 kids and half of them are in college and life is expensive, right? Can I get a witness? Does anybody know that? So sometimes I have trouble paying bills, and just last week, just last week, I had a day off, so I took some time just to go through a big stack of bills, and as I was going through those, I was beginning to sweat and get depressed, and I took a moment and just said, God, you've got this figured out. None of this has caught you off guard. If I'm lying, I'm dying. I continue to open the mail. I got a letter that sometime, somehow I missed. This is what the letter said. Mr. Purvis, it seems you never cashed the check we sent you refunding you of the insurance money on your mortgage if you would like to donate that just do nothing but if you would like that money give us a call and that's basically what it said I literally dropped what was in my hands I picked up my phone and I said hello I got a letter and I said is this right because listen it was dated 2016. She said, yes, sir, that's right. I'm sorry. We, that's, a, that's our fault. We don't do a good job communicating. You should have been notified. We should have followed you up. But the bottom line is in the state of Florida, that's already gone to the state. I said, that's not the state's money. She said, you're right. Do you want it? I said, are you kidding me? She said, Mr. Purvis, that money will be in your account in 10 minutes. And it was. It was. Now, if you hang out here much, if you hang out here much, you know this is not a place where we believe in what some would call the prosperity gospel. If you just do the right things or you just say the right things, you're going to have anything you want. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying in this pastor's life, I could take all morning pointing, pointing to specific things in my life where God has answered prayer. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you should be able to do that too. Because the same power that is in me is the power of Jesus Christ. And it's the power that conquered the grave. What if, what if we determined to always face the Father before we face the world? What if we said, God, I just want so much of you that everything else in this world that I'm trying to deal with, the chaos, the confusion, the crises we've all been through. God, I want to see you so much that like the hymn says, when I turn my eyes on Jesus, the things of this world grow strangely dim in the light of your glory and grace. Yeah, if if we want to be witnesses for Jesus, it is talking about him. But according to Jesus, if we want to be his witnesses, it's going to involve talking to him. Jesus prayed. He prayed with others. He prayed for others. He, he, He prayed away from others. His life was a life of prayer. Andrew Murray said, Jesus never taught his disciples how to preach, only to pray. To know how to speak to God is more than knowing how to speak to man. David Watson said, a quick glance at the gospel records will show that Jesus constantly taught, exhorted, encouraged, inspired his disciples to pray. Prayer was the breath that he breathed, the living force of his life, the secret of his astonishing ministry. Why? Here's why. Because God hears our prayers. If you were a follower of Jesus Christ, thanks to the gospel of Jesus Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection, you don't have to go through a pastor. You don't have to go through a priest. There's no curtain or veil you have to go behind, but the God of the universe who created your great." grandparents named Adam and Eve. He hears your prayers. He hears your prayers. But listen to this. The enemy, the fallen angels, Satan, the father of lies, he fears your prayers. You dress up, you come to church. He's not intimidated by that. You put a Bible and keep it on your bedside table, never open it. He just smiles at that. But you become a praying person and the enemy wakes up. That's why someone had said the devil trembles when he sees even the weakest Christian on his knees. That's why the Apostle Paul says you want to fight the enemy, and he's an enemy. He's a bad enemy, but you want to fight himself. You arm yourself in prayer, so you go to God and say, God, I I want to be covered up with that belt of truth. Help me to walk in truth. I want that breastplate of righteousness, and God, I know this. There's no righteousness in me, so clothe me in the righteousness of Jesus. And by the way, God, my mind is a battlefield, so help me capture every thought as you put on that helmet of salvation. Save me from my own thoughts, God, because the devil is attacking my mind. And so, God, give me that shield of faith so that I'm able to— able to fight him when I don't see the way help me to walk in faith and God put my feet in the gospel shoes of peace so that whatever this world brings I'll have a peace that passes understanding and God I don't want to just be defensive I want to be offensive so put in my hand the sword of the spirit your word help me to remember your word so that I can make a difference as I walk through this life you begin to pray like that and see what happens that's really all Jesus was saying when he gave us that model prayer said in Matthew 6, pray like this, our father who's in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Holy be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. We've also forgiven our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. I wanted to make this practical. So I, I went back to something I remember that I learned as a little boy. So thankful that I have a praying mom and a, I had a praying dad who would bring prayer leaders to our church just to help us understand and teach us the ways to pray. And, and, and one, when I was a little boy, said, if you just take that word pray, P-R-A-Y, and you think about the letters that make up that word, it can guide you through prayer. So he said, for example, it begins with praise. Make sure your prayer always begins with praise. That's why Jesus said, our Father who is in heaven, holy is your name. Say, holy is your name. So, praise is just telling God who He is and that you love Him, that you like him. Last night, I watched my youngest son on stage performing a musical and you, you've seen, if you've had children or grandchildren, you've seen what it does. When you see them excel, and man, he excelled, and it made me so proud. But I didn't want to keep that pride to myself. I wanted to let him know that I thought he excelled. I wanted to let him know that I loved him. That's what praise is to God. It's going to God and saying, God, I know that you're all-knowing. You're, you're omniscient. I know that you're all-powerful. You're omnipotent. I know that you're ever-present. You're uh, omnipotent present God. But God, I know that in my life, you've been the way maker. You've been the miracle worker. You've been the light and the darkness. That is who you are, church. He is saying to God, God, you're my mighty God. You're my everlasting father. You're my prince of peace. You're, you're God who is with me. You're Emmanuel. You're the way, the truth, the life. You're the door. I, I can't enter into anything in this life without you, God. God, you're the beginning and the end of all that is good in me. You're the alpha and the may, omega. God, that is who you are that's praise and so you just spend some time praising God and then that R reminds me of the importance of repentance because when I sin in my life it's like clogging the arteries that connect to the heart of God and so I want to confess that's why David says created me a clean heart O God and renew a right spirit within me that's why John in the New Testament would say, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins. But I don't have to go to a priest or a pastor thanks to Jesus. I go straight to God and I confess. I repent of my sin. God, I blew it today. I don't like the way I talk to so-and-so or I don't, I don't, I'm sick of having these thoughts or, or Lord, I lusted with my eyes or Lord, I, I, I took another drink or, or I took another pill or whatever it is that's coming into your life, I begin to get that right. I repent. And then after that, I ask God for what I need, because now I'm prepared. I've made clear I know who I am and who He is. And then after I ask, what do I do? Jesus said to say, "Thy kingdom, Thy, thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven." So God, I've now told you what I want, <laughs> but here I am. You're the author and the perfecter of my faith. You write the story. My yes is on the table, but I yield to you. So that's just a model, guys. That's not hard, is it? This means no, this means yes, okay? That's not hard. Let me give you another model. I learned this as a child. It's called the ACTS model, A-C-T-S. Starts with adoration. You know what adoration is? That's praise. We've already gone through that. Then you go to confession. You know what confession is? That's repentance. We go through that. Then you get to Thanksgiving. We didn't talk about that a while ago, but that's a good thing in praise, just to tell God how grateful you are. The Bible tells us to always be thankful. Then I get to supplication, and supplication is just a theological word that means asking so in college i began to apply this i was a little more physically active at that time and i would jog and there was a loop at my college that was one mile and so i decided i'm going to pray as i run and i was going to pray this model and i was going to do each for a mile and so i first prayed prayers of praise and adoration and then with a little less energy i prayed prayers of confession and i'll be honest there were times i had to go into the third mile with confession because i wasn't finished and then i'd pray prayers of thanksgiving and then if I had any more energy, I could get to the fourth mile. And the fourth mile was when I really began to cry out to God for the needs and the wants in my life. I want you to be a fourth miler, but I want you to go through the process of prayer. Because I believe that's the way God works and he hears us and he begins to show up in our lives in a mighty way. It doesn't matter how you pray, but it does matter that you pray, that you have personal prayer, and, and then that you have corporate prayer. Do you know that we give you opportunities to be involved together and pray? Some of you may not realize this, but if you were to ask me, Pastor, I can only choose an hour and a half a week. When should I come? I would say show up at 630 on Wednesday night to what we call house of prayer. And I don't preach, but we worship and we pray this Wednesday. And when we gather at 630, we're going to take communion and remember what Jesus has done for us. House of prayer. Do you know every Thursday, Pastor Zach hosts a prayer call? All you got to do is ask him for the phone number. You could get in on that. It's in the morning, every Thursday morning. About six weeks ago, God prompted my heart that I needed to stop expecting him to. I'm looking out at an uh, almost full room today as I say this, that I needed to stop expecting God to do something on Sunday if I've not called the church to cover it in prayer on Saturday. And so uh, a handful of us began meeting right here in this room at 8 a.m. on Saturday morning, just as we did yesterday. Not preaching, just praying, just seeking the face of God. You could be a part of that. You don't have to be a member. It's not It's not a club. You see there are opportunities. You, you want to go to the next level? Pastor Zach leads a prayer team under my leadership that he'll reach out to and call and we'll pray when something big's going on and we just need guidance or wisdom or we need God to work a miracle. Did you know that we want prayers just like Charles had and Spurgeon had that were the furnace of that church that powered and fueled that church, but we can't get people to consistently say they'll pray during the service. Some of you would say, hey, I can come to the second service, but I want to pray in the first service. Where can I go pray? Pray that God's heart would be stirring in in people's lives. Pray that marriages would be healed. Pray that financial freedom would be experienced. Pray that addiction is broken. Do you understand there's power in prayer? And then today we're introducing something that every one of you can do. It's called bless every home. You've got this little card on your seat. Some of you are uncomfortable because you didn't realize you were sitting on it. I want you to take that. It's got a website. You can go to this website and sign up. You can just scan that QR code in the back or sign up. Or you can go to your phone and go to the Apple, uh, the Google Play Store or the App Store on your iPhone. And you can download the app called Bless Every Home. What happens when you sign up? You become a light where you live. And it gives you an opportunity every day to pray for your neighbors. Some of you in this room are my neighbors because you live within the hundred or two hundred homes that are closest to me. And I pray for you regularly because every morning five names pop up. I look this morning just to begin to pray through those do. I I get an email every morning. I look to see who they were. You know who the first name on my list today was? It's Kimberly Purpose. (laughs) I thought that was kind of funny that I'm telling you this today. That's the first name because we live in our neighborhood. That's kind of a novel thought, but we're there. And so, you know what I did? I gave him an opportunity. I prayed for some of these other names. One of these other names, this lady used to be on staff long before I came to this church. She used to be a part of this church. Now she's physically ill and has been for almost 15 years in a devastating way. So I could pray for Miss Barbara, but I could, I prayed for Kimberly. And, you, you know, I just said, thank you, God, for my wife. And I know she's weary this morning, and I know she's physically hurting, but God, I thank you for her. And, and did you know that by me praying, I'm becoming a light and fulfilling the mission of this church to shine with the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. And every one of you can do this.